Good evening. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 374. We thank thee and we bless thee, O Father of us all, that even before we ask thee, thou hearest thy children's call. We praise thee for thy goodness and tender, constant care. We thank thee, Father, Mother, that thou hast heard our prayer. Hymn number 374.
If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and you will see the place to click for the Wednesday evening text. That's where you'll find the readings for tonight. The theme for tonight is glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And the readings will now be given by Craig from New Jersey. The Bible, 2 Kings. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elijah went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Second Kings. Now Nahum, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus saith the maid that is, in the land, is of the land of Israel. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and and be clean. So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, 
My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Matthew, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill can't be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Reading from Miscellaneous Writings by Mary Baker Eddy. The New Birth. St. Paul speaks of the new birth as waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. The great Nazarene prophet said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Nothing aside from the spiritualization, yea, the highest Christianization of thought and desire, can give the true perception of God and divine science that results in health, happiness, and holiness. The new birth is not the work of a moment. It begins with moments and goes on with years. Moments of surrender to God, of childlike trust, and joyful adoption of good. Moments of self-abnegation, self-consecration, heaven-born hope, and spiritual love. Time may commence, but it cannot complete the new birth. Eternity does this, for progress is the law of infinity. Only through the sore travail of mortal mind shall soul as sense be satisfied, and man awake in his likeness. What a faith-lighted thought is this, that mortals can lay off the old man until man is found to be the image of the infinite good that we name God, and the fullness of the stature of man in Christ appears. In mortal and material man, goodness seems in embryo. By suffering for sin and the gradual fading out of the mortal and material sense of man, Thought is developed into an infant Christianity, and feeding at first on the milk of the word, 
It drinks in the sweet revealings of a new and more spiritual life and love. These nourish the hungry hope, satisfy more the cravings for immortality, and so comfort, cheer, and bless one. That he saith, in mine infancy, this is enough of heaven to come down to earth. But, as one grows into manhood or womanhood of Christianity, one finds so much lacking, so very much requisite to become wholly Christ-like. That one saith, the principle of Christianity is infinite. It is indeed God. And this infinite principle hath infinite claims on man. And these claims are divine, not human. And man's ability to meet them is from God. For being his image and likeness, man must reflect the full dominion of spirit. Even its supremacy over sin, sickness, and death. Here, then, is the awakening from the dream of life and matter to the great fact that God is the only life. That, therefore, we must entertain a higher sense of both God and man. We must learn that God is infinitely more than a person or finite form can contain. That God is a divine whole and all, all pervading intelligence and love, a divine, infinite principle, is that Christianity is a divine science. This newly awakened consciousness is wholly spiritual. It emanates from soul instead of body, and is the new birth begun in Christian science. Science and Health the soul-inspired patriarchs heard the voice of truth and talked with God as consciously as man talks with man. The decisions by vote of church councils as to what should and should not be considered holy writ, the manifest mistakes in the ancient versions, the 30,000 different readings in the Old Testament, and the 300,000 in the New, these facts show how our mortal and material sense stole into the divine record. With its own hue darkening to some extent, the inspired pages. But mistakes could neither wholly obscure the divine science of the scriptures seen from Genesis to Revelation, mar the demonstration of Jesus, nor know the healings by the prophets who foresaw that the stone which the builders rejected would become the head of the corner. If half the attention given to hygiene were given to the study of Christian science and to the spiritualization of thought, this alone would usher in the millennium. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer.
Will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 58. Father, we thy loving children lift our hearts in joy today, knowing well that thou wilt keep us ever in thy blessed way. Thou art love and thou art wisdom, thou art life and thou art all. In thy spirit, living, moving, we shall neither faint nor fall. Hymn number 58.
Good evening, and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our weekly testimony meeting for Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. At all our meetings and services, we read from the Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. People from all over the world have found our church and we are sincerely thankful for each and every one of you who has found us. We have some really good stuff here, which you can find on our website, plainfieldcs.com. Uh, there's a wonderful collection of the finest Christian science literature to be read, studied, and listened to. Actually, we have several websites in a number of different languages. This brings Mary Baker Eddy's revelation of Christian science to people all around the world who are truly in need of this healing truth. Everyone is welcome and encouraged to look through our websites. They are all free of charge. On Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, we have our roundtable discussion. These are wonderful discussions that help to broaden our understanding of Christian science and help us to better understand how to live this science in our day-to-day -day lives. Then our Sunday morning church service begins right after at 11 o'clock. Our Sunday school also meets every Sunday morning at 11. The Sunday school is open to children from anywhere. It has its own teleconference number. So if you have a child who doesn't live in the area and would like to attend, they can attend by telephone. Please call the church to get the phone number and we'll be very happy to welcome your children. And we also have a nursery for infants and toddlers at all our services. So when you come, be sure to bring the whole family. Uh, let's see, our publishing and mailing committees are always busy. The September full text lesson booklets have been printed and mailed and those of you who subscribe will be getting it in your mail very shortly. I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or suffering, although the generic name of the disease may be indicated. For everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we would ask that you please keep your remarks to within four minutes. This will give everyone the opportunity to share their offering tonight. For those who are on the telephone, when you are ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. 
Also, keep in mind when you do, we're going to be able to hear you as well as any other sounds that your phone picks up. So we kindly request that you be in a quiet place, and I will call on each of you one at a time by name. Our meeting tonight is now open for the sharing of testimonies of healing through Christian science. Jim from Arizona, go ahead, please. Good evening. Saturday morning, I was about to go to breakfast when I realized I did not have my wristwatch on. I proceeded to check where I usually place it, but did not find it. So I proceeded to check every possible location. I realized that this was a bit foolish. God knows where the watch is, and I have not asked him. I left the apartment and had breakfast and returned and went to the bed bedroom. I sat down on the bed. Next to the bed is a swivel chair with a... Um, <coughs> The skirt hiding the mechanism that keeps it for the swivel. What should I see hiding beneath the skirt? But my watch. I immediately picked it up and burst out with, Thank you, Shepherd. I am most grateful for this lesson and reminder that we should always go to God first. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Carol from California. Go ahead, please. Okay. Oh, Monday, past Monday, I tripped and I fell hard on the concrete outside of the bank. I hit again my knees. My knees hit first and then my hands. And I, I was a little shocked and so much, a lot of pain, which was very distracting to me. I know I was yelling and yelling. So people came, but they, and they kept trying to help me. They kept like, they wanted to pick me up. And I was like, leave me alone, leave me alone. Don't touch me, leave me alone. And then finally, I remembered God's here. God's here. God's here and I cannot be hurt. That was, it took me a little while. And then from that point on, I said to myself, every Christian science truth that I could think of, which is like we are perfect in God, God is my strength, God is my life, all the things from the daily treatment. Every time the negative came, I said no, and I followed up with a truth. So I did, I did use ice. I was, ha you know, having trouble walking, but I did use ice. By the next day, though, by Tuesday, yesterday, I didn't need a walking stick. My knees weren't swollen. And now today's Wednesday, and I'm just, like, all good. And the bank person wanted me to come in and wait and call somebody, and maybe this happened, maybe that happened to you. And I was like, no, I want to walk. I want to go home. I need to walk. I need to go home. So, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone. Um Thank you, and thank you for being here to listen, and have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you. Candy, Wisconsin. Candy from Wisconsin. Go ahead, please. Craig, thank you for those very helpful readings tonight. 
I would like to express my gratitude for God's protection tonight. We are taught in this church when there is bad weather forecast to handle it. Two weeks ago, severe weather had been predicted for part of Wisconsin. During this time, I worked with these statements from the Blue Book, or Course in Divinity and General Collectania. No, the elements are in God's hands, his fists. They are not destructive, but governed by harmony and express harmony. The weather manifests God's government, and no evildoers can change this fact. The devils of human thought, all the powers of many minds, are powerless in love's presence. At one time, the tornado siren blared, but nothing transpired. Another time, the rain was tilting the window with such great force that I got up from the bed to make sure it was completely closed. As I looked out at the trees, I noticed they were still. Now, this seems strange as I could hear the wind. So I went to the living room and looked again, kind of like Doubting Thomas. This time it was the same. I could hear the wind, but the trees were not moving. The next morning when I arose, I looked at the yard, and only a few extra leaves were on the ground. The same was true of my neighbor's yard in the area where I lived. A big thank you to this church for teaching us how to utilize Mary Baker Eddy's great gift to the world, Christian science. Thank you, and good night. Thank you. Nathan, California. Nathan from California. Go ahead, please. Good evening, and thank you, Craig, for that reading. That was great. This is my first testimony, so bear with me. Um, I want to thank my pr practitioner in these testimony meetings and the roundtables and all those that share. Um, you guys have been so helpful to me. And I want to thank this church and all its warriors of God within it. Um, you guys have stood and watched and prayed for us, uh, people like myself, and paved the way with your prayers. So thank you so very much. So this is about my lost wallet prior to traveling. Um, about a week ago. And so I, I lost the wallet. Um, I tried the material route, um, calling a rental car company where I had left it and um, didn't make any progress. I couldn't find it. So before leaving um, and after praying on my own, I called, I called a practitioner. So these were some of the things that we had talked about um, on that call, which I thought was very helpful. Um, it was that uh, God is all-knowing, God knows where it is, nothing is lost in God's mind, past, present, and future are all in sync in God, and I know where it is, and I know what to do, and God did not make a dishonest person. <clears throat> so I, I thought about these things and kind of thought about those statements throughout my day, and I felt really good about it, and I felt that that was even more helpful um, than getting the wallet back. And I started thinking about, it made me think about myself, that there is no loss in me or of me, and I'm not lost, and nothing is lost in God's mind. And this was, in, in my estimation, greater than getting the wallet returned. 
Um, I had a lot of business cards, debit card, a lot of stuff was in there. Um, and then my you know, my ID card, my driver's license. Um, but I kind of let it go. I put a request in for the lost and found, went on my little mini trip and um, just took my passport. So a week later, I went down to the car company and um, they said that they had my wallet. And so I went to this nondescript place and um, it was kind of way far off and it was kind of strange. So I went in and I walked in and I said, is this Avis? And the lady said, yes. And I said, I think you guys have my wallet. And she says, well, what kind of wallet is it? And I identified the wallet. And she looked down and she had that wallet <laughs> in her hand at that exact time. You know, nothing was lost in that wallet. Nothing was used. Everything was intact. And it showed me to always trust, like what Jim was saying, always to go to God first, always trust God, that all things are possible with God. And, you know, the beauty of it is when she returned it, there's a piece of paper, and I read, and I forget which book, one of the books, and Massetti said to put this in your wallet. Love is all-powerful. Love is all-seeing. Love is ever present. Thy kingdom has come. Thy will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And I was hoping that whoever had that wallet returned it read that. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm so grateful to be home in this church and to be a part of this church. Have a good evening. Thank you. Ron from North Carolina. Go ahead, please. Thank you. A week ago, the computer that runs a piece of machinery that is critical to our business crashed. I'm less than literate when it comes to working with this program, as is the young man who usually runs it. We both follow a set of instructions that were put together many years ago, and as long as there are no glitches, all is well. <clears throat> this was no ordinary glitch. So the computer was sent off to the folks who originally programmed it to operate programmed it to operate this machine. When the computer returned, the basics for the machinery was installed, but the specifics for how we used that machine was all there, but looked very different. It was not in the form that I had been used to seeing for years. It was at that point that mortal minds started in, telling me how hopeless the situation was, why didn't I know more about this program, instilling fear that deadlines would not be met, generally creating a black cloud over the whole situation. It was at that low point that I sat and made the attempt to compose myself, to get still. Voices from the Plainfield Church roundtable discussions and from testimony meetings came to mind. Voices making simple requests to God for guidance in one's daily walk. Testimonies affirming God's presence and power when confronting limitations imposed by aggressive animal magnetism. Feeling inspired and strengthened by these thoughts, I went back to the computer and began going through the folders. It was then that one of the titles captured my attention. Opening the folder, despite not looking as it had in the past, I engaged one of the options and behold, the machine responded as it was designed to do. It was all there and much like Hagar, my eyes had been open to it, and the credit was clearly not mine. 
I'm ever so grateful to all who share their spiritual experiences through testimonies, writings, roundtables, for they don't stop blessing just their own lives at a given time, but ripple on. And thank you, Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, for making it all possible and keeping it fresh week after week after week. Thank you. Thank you. Stephen from California. Go ahead, please. This is my first testimony, so I'm going to keep it kind of short. About 35 years ago, I lost my car at City College of San Francisco, and I called a plain field practitioner, and he told me that nothing could be lost in mind. And then it finally dawned on me where I had left my car. I called the City College Police Department, and they confirmed that I did leave my car in a certain spot, so nothing was lost. I'm very grateful for being a member of Plainfield and all the help that the practitioners have given me at Plainfield. Thank you. Thank you. Jeremy. I am very grateful to be learning Christian science here in Plainfield and for all the blessings I have gained from it. Yesterday, a plan was made where a few of us would meet at church. It felt like the right idea, but then there started to be a lot of opposition presenting itself to me. I was able to overcome that opposition using the tools I have gained here, and it indeed was a blessing. And so my gratitude is for how Christian science and working with a, pra a Plainfield practitioner has helped me to continually be better at listening to my spiritual sense and discerning the difference between the subtle and not-so-subtle clues where I'm taking a misstep and also seeing the re resistance that comes when we are working to express the good that God gives us to do. And I'm just so grateful for this church and for all I'm learning here, which is helping me to be more consistent in being able to do what I feel God is telling me to do. And what a joy it is to be able to end each day knowing I have done what I can do. And that's a feeling I never had before Plainfield, and I owe it all to Christian Science, this church, and practitioner support. Thank you. And now I have a testimony from a new member, Imogene, Imogene in Australia. The keys and paths to our home had been missing for a couple days. Being in lockdown would make a replacement set quite difficult for us to acquire. The week's lesson was a treasure trove, and one scripture stood out, 1 Corinthians 2.16, quote, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, end quote. I worked with this scripture. After searching top to bottom of our home for the umpteenth time, I again checked a certain little nook where we always keep our keys. This, in fact, was the very first place we had looked, and had since checked this place many times with no result. The thought came within, Father, you know all. Show me where to go. Immediately, I put my hand directly onto some, something oddly shaped that was jam jammed at a very strange angle, at the back of this little nook, I drew out a set of keys. Astonishingly, holding these keys in my hand, 
I heard mortal minds saying, those are not the keys. But I felt within, those are your keys. And again, mortal mind contradicting, no, those are not your keys. And I felt within, those are your keys. Try them in the lock, you will see. Well, the keys fit perfectly in the lock. Of course, these were indeed the keys. My hand had found these keys at the precise moment when I gave all thought to the Father and stopped searching with mortal mind. I found myself weeping as I thanked the Father for, for finding the seemingly small thing for me. I thought of all the times over the years when I erroneously had listened to the arguments of mortal mind that would dishonestly, if vainly, try to disagree with the fact that God is all, that God gives all, that God knows all, and that God governs all. How much delay had I allowed mortal mind to cause in my life by listening to error for even one single moment? This experience has left a deep impression within, a wonderful lesson and a sage reminder to give one's whole self to God, never to doubt his love and might and truth, to leave all to him. Mrs. Eddy writes in Science and Health, page 192, quote, In science you can have no... Uh, no power opposed to God, and the physical senses must give up their false testimony. Your influence for good depends upon the weight you throw onto the right scale." End quote. I am very grateful for this lesson of love, to throw myself wholly into the right scale. I had held those, hands in, those keys in my hand, yet mortal mind would try to argue error. Our God is indeed the remedy to any need we may think we have. All we must do is to consecrate our thought directly, continually and lovingly to our Father, Mother, God, allowing no mortal argument to distract us, thereby continually knowing the truth. And from John 8:32, quote, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. End quote. Thank you. Thank you. Kara from New Mexico. Go ahead, please. Thank you. This past weekend, I drove 10 hours for a work trip, during which I made excellent use of the incredible Plainfield audio resources, for which I'm continually grateful. But in particular, I was listening uh, to and working with uh, Martha Wilcox's two addresses on body. And I kept thinking of how radical those ideas were in there, at least compared to what I was taught in Christian science, about not trying to either fix or ignore or get rid of body, but understanding that the spiritual body is necessary, both as a barometer of thought and, more importantly, as an expression of God. And Wilcox goes through all of the qualities of body that are essential as spiritual quality. And she drills down very specifically about each one. So I worked with them throughout the whole drive. Well, the next morning I got up for a very early walk with my dog who had been dealing with some digestive issues that had seemed very alarming to me. And I kept praying with those ideas. But I was also thinking about the upcoming roundtable. It was Sunday morning. And the watching point about not falling into the trap of using spiritual formulas. So as I was walking and working with all of that, Part of a phrase came to me, this truth removes properly whatever is offensive. And that's the second half of a sentence I've always loved and often used. 
So I circled back to the whole phrase, which is, a spiritual idea contains not a single element of error, and this truth removes properly whatever is offensive. And I always loved the word properly, but if I'm honest, I associate it properly with, like, the appropriate removal of a problem. Um, But this time, because the phrase came to me backwards, and so not formulaically, and because of what I've been listening to and, and praying with from Martha Wilcox, I got it. The only offensive thing that ever needs to be removed is in thought. And what removes that offensive thinking is the truth that a spiritual idea contains not a single element of error. So all we have to do is hold that truth, and then the offensive thinking dissipates. By really understanding that the body is a complete compendium of spiritual ideas created by God, and that removes the lie, which pulls us into looking to matter for meaning or evidence, good or bad. Well, the moment I got that, my thought just lifted, and I felt this huge sense of joy and release and a glorious lifting of the fear and anxiety I've been um, struggling with around my dog. And since then, each time the temptation has come to worry about something material or look for the material evidence of healing, I just go right back to this beloved idea, but now use it in a completely new and 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 transformative way. So I'm just so grateful for everything I'm learning here at Plainfield from the website resources <clears throat> to the watches and the roundtables and the testimony meetings where I always hear something perfect. And also for always choosing my favorite hymns and including the two <laughs> chosen today and uh, particularly the work I'm so fortunate to be doing with uh, my practitioner. And thank you, Craig, for the beautiful readings and all of the testimonies uh, so far this evening. Thank you. Gary. I'm so grateful for all the lessons, that the incredibly invaluable lessons that I have been learning uh, through Christian science uh, as a member of this church. Um, I was thinking recently about a lesson that uh, came to me a few years ago uh, by uh, working with practitioner, Mrs. Evans, in this church. And it, uh, it uh, embodied in a statement in Science and Health that goes like this, where Mrs. Eddy writes, Good deeds are immortal, bringing joy instead of grief, pleasure instead of pain, and life instead of death. Well, it was a practitioner in this church, Mrs. Evans, who taught me what power there was in good deeds. Um, she taught me that the opposite of depression is expression that if I'm ever feeling down or depressed or discouraged, the only sure way to get out of it is to do something for somebody else. That was when I began to put this into practice. And I, I, I tried it. Whenever I'd be feeling down, I would look for something to do for someone else and do it. And sure enough, depression would leave. 
it really is true that you can't be unhappy when you're helping somebody else. <laughs> she also taught me that uh, this thing about doing good deeds have to be done as God directs. It can't be a human do-goody where you're humanly trying to do something because there's usually a hidden agenda or a string attached and that does not lead to joy instead of grief. It does not lead to pleasure instead of pain and it does not lead to life instead of death. So the good always has to be at God's direction. And that was another important part of this whole lesson, is to get my own self-will out of the way and do as God directs, which is a challenge, and but I'm grateful that I at least know that it has to be done. So I'm grateful for this lesson, grateful for the help of practitioner at the time, but I'm also grateful to Mary Baker Eddy for, for showing us that there is divine principle involved in a Christian life and that that Christian, that that divine principle is God, it is all-powerful, and it is available for everybody in the world. And it works for everybody in the world who puts it into practice. I'm so grateful to be learning these invaluable lessons. I'm grateful to be here with you all tonight and to hear these testimonies of healings and look forward to more testimonies of healing. Thank you. <clears throat> Craig. I thank, thank God for the music that was here today and for all inspiring testimonies and the, the be part of this beautiful history of this church. I've seen so many healings, so many faithful members and practitioners and learned to be unselfish more than I ever have. But recently, I, I, I wanted to give thank God thanks for uh, learning not to fear the better, not to fear the weather. Yesterday, uh, there was a major thunder, very loud, trying to be frightening. And uh, and I was trying not to be anxious. I had been learning about how Mary Baker Eddy and spiritual healings, book and other writings, looked in front of the clouds and, uh, and had them uh, open or had them just not damage and find out that uh, in other, other places, you know, the way weren't so fortunate, um, <clears throat> but it was the truth that protected her situation, her environment. And uh, so as the rains came down, I originally felt anxiousness, but I remembered as it came down that God lovingly governs the weather and, and as it came down harder, that he abundantly loves us. And this was just another sign of his great, great, abundant love. Well, it did, it calmed me, and the rain continued, but there was no damage, and I felt 
lucky and fortunate to be abundantly loved by God. Next, I went outside today and looked at my garden. He loved it. The house was washed clear and clean, and and I and I really felt like paying all my bills immediately. <laughs> I was abundantly provided for, so I did. And I thank God for helping me get through the anxiety of hearing this massive mountain rain coming down and not thinking the worst, but instead going to him and knowing his activity, what was really going on. Thank God for Mary Baker Reddy and the lessons we learned here. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for this service this evening. Uh, I'm very grateful for our roundtables each Sunday that provide practical instruction that if we live it every, each week, step-by-step uh, step results uh, in improved lives and communion with our God good. Often the word inspiration comes up in the classes and the readings and testimonies. And when I first came here, I struggled at times feeling I was keeping myself from this inspiration, but not sure how. One of the definitions in Webster's uh, for inspire is really influence or move or guide by the by divine, which is God. So God influencing us and guiding us. In Spiritual Footsteps by Carpenter, he writes that Mrs. Eddy continually worked with students, quote, to stop that which was not inspiration in order that inspiration might flow freely, end quote. And that's from chapter 29 and it's titled Mrs. Eddy's Demand for Inspiration and it can be found on our website. I found uh, that there were a lot of things in my life that were keeping this from flowing and uh, one of them I think number one was a really negative sense of expectancy of maybe bad things would happen. For example a package on my porch worrying about someone taking it and uh, then also people-pleasing and being driven by pressure and rushing and definitely overthinking about things. They were not coming from inspiration or listening to the still small voice of God. And I have been working on this in Christian science and getting myself out of the way so that God's guidance uh, can take over my life. But it was with the prayers and instruction of my playing field practitioner over weeks and, and consistently calling her and working with her that was helping me break these negative habits of thought. So yesterday I was very grateful when I got a clear inspiration to go home right at 6.15. It was a very specific time and I stood by the idea even though I was tempted by some other thoughts or ideas or, and even someone asking if I could maybe stay till 6.30 but it felt very strong as so I followed this guidance and trusted it and I got home one minute before this uh, severe storm that Craig was talking about hit and I had been very grateful I didn't have to drive in it and I'm learning to be grateful for these small moments and looking for them and listening to be guided and thanking God and so grateful because this is such a gift that we can have this connection with God and it's, it's a greater these little things uh, point to greater works that can be done with this listening. And I know that there, uh, there were a lot of people praying for that storm. It was an electrical storm, and it was very aggressive. And it was 
met and it was became quiet and just became normal, steady, needed rain, like Greg said, and I was very grateful for that. And we are told in the Bible to ask God for wisdom, and Christian science helps us understand the science behind this promise. I'm so grateful for our Bible and for Science and Health by Mary Baker Eddy, and this church which correctly lives and teaches from them. Benjamin. Yeah, um, I'm grateful to, to be here tonight. I also want to thank Craig for the um, inspiring reading. Um, a few days ago, um, I took my kids to the park, um, not far away from our house. Um, and um, it was almost time for us to leave. So as we were approaching to the vehicle, and there was another kid as well who was um, driving her bicycle, and she was coming down the slope. And um, obviously she was still learning how to drive, uh, how to ride a bicycle. And she lost control of her bicycle, and the bicycle was just flying down the slope. And um, my car was there, and she landed in front of my vehicle. And uh, that time I was trying to put my kids in the car, then I, uh, I grabbed them and I went over there, and I picked her up to make sure that she's okay. Her, uh, her bicycle was, you know, disfigured already. And she was obviously scared and crying. Then I told her, I asked her where her parents are, and um, she she was very apologetic to me. Then finally, I followed her to look at her, her mom, who was obviously upset. And she was upset that it ha what happened to her. But I tried to calm her down, tried to speak the truth to her, and um, tried to let her know, because she didn't see what happened. I saw what happened, and the people around there saw what happened. Obviously, she wasn't watching her children. She was completely out of sight, which is not the right thing to do at the park. And the child was not wearing a helmet. And I tried to let her know that if it wasn't my vehicle that was parked here, the way the vehicle, uh, the way the bicycle was flying, it would, without my vehicle, the bicycle would have continued flying, and then, and with the child not wearing a, a helmet, it could have been even more catastrophic. And she should be thanking God because she only had a little uh, scratch on her on her foot. Try to talk to her that God really did a wonderful, loving thing to the child, and that's what she should focus on and stop being upset about the child falling or the damages that occurred. The lot of those things could be, will be taken care of. But the most important thing is that God saved her life. She didn't hit her head on the pavement because she wasn't wearing a helmet, and she. 
after listening to me, she started to understand that, yeah, that's actually true. And she started to become a little bit more grateful. And then I have spoke to her a couple of times after that to make sure that she's okay. And then she's still very grateful what happened, uh, even though it will possibly cause her um, uh, something about, you know, taking care of uh, the damage that occurred afterwards. But she was very, very grateful that God really saved her her child's life by putting my vehicle there, really, that prevented her from, you know, hitting her head or just flying away with the bicycle. Me as well, I was very grateful to God that the child was okay, that God took care of her because God loved all her children, no matter where they are. I'm so grateful because I would have been upset like her if I didn't have the truth that I have, which I learned in this church. I'm grateful that God has given us what we have here, that we can apply it in every circumstance, in every situation, in, um, no matter where we are. Truth, God is always there taking care of his children. I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Florence, Georgia. Florence from Georgia. Go ahead, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for everything tonight, for the testimonies and the music and the hymns. I'm so grateful to God and to Mrs. Eddie for giving us a scientific statement of being, which can be found on 468 of Science and Health. And I'm just going to read it because many are listening. And for those who haven't heard it before, she says, what is the scientific statement of being? And the answer is, there is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter. All is infinite mind and it's infinite manifestation for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God, and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material. He is spiritual. I emphasize the image and likeness because I see that in some testimonies here and also from abroad, all understand is this man as God's image and likeness. And that seems, when it's gratefully accepted and lived, you know, daily knowing that this is what I am, this is what makes me one with God, and to appreciate the power in the truth of our oneness with God, that alone seems to bring people much comfort, much peace, and much healing. And I just wanted to... Uh, you know, remind us all not to forget it because I think it's because one, it's one of the things that we say often in our Sunday school, uh, in our Sunday, on every Sunday said, we may take it for granted just like the Lord's Prayer or anything like that. So to just remember that this scientific statement of being, she's given us what it is that we are to learn to help us learn anew what we really are. Tonight, C 
prayed talked about our new birth. From this we learn what it is that we are. When we know what we are, then we are not subject to the carnal thoughts, the wrong thoughts that come. And from you know, obeying that with gratitude, our hearts just being so happy for knowing who we are, we can glorify God. You know, it says glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which all belong to God. That's all I wanted to say. I'm so grateful to be here tonight and thank God for everything that he's doing in this church, in our lives, and have the ability for, because of what we are learning, to look at this world, the what's going on, all the things going on in a different light. I'm grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Linda, would you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 179. Love one another, word of revelation. Love frees from error's thrall. Love is liberation. Love's the way the master trod. He that loves shall walk with God. Love is the royal way. Hymn number 179. 